In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Leanna Patch about what kind of emails you should be sending to your customers. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 96. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pleski, and I'm here today with Leanna Patch. Leanna is a conversion copywriter and comedian whose greatest dream is to make your customers pause, smile, and click in that order. Trained in the not-so-dark arts of buyer psychology and customer research, she specializes in punchy, engaging landing page and email copy. She's written for FreshBooks, Manly Brands, Ghostbed, The Contract Shop, among other delightful clients, and she regularly speaks at e-commerce and software conferences around the world. I asked her on the show today to talk about what kind of emails you should be sending to your customers. So, hey, Lana, how are you doing today? So, hey, Lana, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well. How are you doing? Doing good. So, uh, very excited to talk about this, um, sending emails to customers. And we kind of talked about both customers, but also subscribers, card vendors, all that sort of thing, the, kind of the whole life cycle. Um, so, first of all, just kind of a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Um, I normally don't read the whole bio, but your bio is really good, so I read the whole thing. Um, <laughs> usually people send over that. a longer one and I kind of pick out a couple sentences, but I read yours, the, the full bio. So what exactly do you normally do? And do you work with e-commerce users or like who is it normally? Yeah, I work with mostly e-commerce and SaaS, uh, e-commerce and bootstrap SaaS most of the time. Uh, and I've found over the last year or so that I really like writing on the uh, revenue and retention sides of things. So, you know, right uh, as a purchase occurs, I like to be writing the product description. I like to be optimizing the checkout copy, um, writing abandoned cart emails and transactional emails, because uh, I feel like those are such low hanging fruits, especially in e-commerce, where we have these great systems set up like Klaviyo, Shopify, they all have everything written and it works. But it's if you don't uh, turn that like into a branded experience, it's just like leaving money on the table. It's leaving the opportunity to build the relationship on the table. So when you say a branded experience, because there are like the out of the box, like, hey, you know, this is your car, come back, that sort of thing. But how do you how do you tailor that to actually be for your to be on brand, right, to be on point for you? Yeah. So if if I'm working with a brand that knows how they want to come off and they know kind of their voice, they know how they want to make their readers feel. It's as simple as going into their currently set up automations and making sure that instead of saying like, you have, you know, your order is confirmed. It's like, hey, high five, your order is getting ready. You know, what's going on behind the scenes? It doesn't have to be uh, incredibly like crazy or, or even original, honestly. But as long as you're showing uh, your customers that you've paid attention to this part of the experience, it doesn't feel like a cash grab. Like it doesn't feel like I just wanted your money and now we throw you to the automated wolves. Yeah, I've definitely got those emails. And you know, it's like, being in e-commerce, right? You kind of know, oh, they use Magento. Like, I just know that Magento. Exactly. Yeah, like you. Uh, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, we all recognize those emails, and we almost know like what shopping cart they're from. So, like, oh, you're using Shopify, nice. It's the canned. Yeah. But when you say they have voice, right? Like, is that something your clients already know, or do you help them build that? Because a lot of folks, I feel like, don't have that already established, or it's not so well defined. It's definitely a mix. Um, some people have it down, and they say. You know, we've got this, we're happy with our website copy, we're happy with our product descriptions, but we need to bring this into our email lifecycle or we need to write a new welcome series. Other clients are saying, we know where we've been and we know where we want to go, but we're not sure how to get there. 
And so we'll say, where does it make sense to roll out um, more of a distinctive voice? Or where does it make sense to experiment a little bit, uh, especially with humor? Because I, I buried the lead a whole lot, but humor is kind of my thing. Uh, and so we'll, we'll figure that out together. Um, but often humor is the best place to start, or emails are the best place to start with humor because you're building that one-on-one -on -one relationship in someone's inbox. Is humor always, because I've read a bunch of his stuff, and it's great, and I'm, but I'm always like, can I be funny? Like, should I be, is, yes. do you have a funny brand? Like, is that, po like, is that something everyone can do? Or is that something like uh, certain brands that are cool and funny and there's other brands that, you know, if you just bought a new, I don't know, laptop, like, is that the right time to be funny? Or like, how do you see that? So I have so many things to say to this question <laughs> because I get this question a lot. Like I, you know, it's all well and good to be funny, but I don't know if it's right for me. And my answer is that I would say like 90% of brands could explore humor more than they are. Uh, and it doesn't have to just be, you know, B2C um, indie like clothing startups on, uh, on Instagram. You know, it doesn't have to just be like the cool new wool running shoes. Um, there's opportunity across the spectrum. And some of my favorite clients have been, uh, you know, people who really want to go kind of balls to the wall with humor in their product descriptions, their emails and their website copy and people who are super B2B and super dry. Uh, but who are like, we have to stand out, you know, we're, we're doing well already, but we want to differentiate ourselves through our copy. Let's be funny. Let's be weird. Let's take some risks. Uh, and so I've worked with a couple like really on the surface, kind of boring uh, industries and brands that like are willing to take that risk. And then there's this middle ground where people are like, I don't know, I guess we could write conversational emails. So it like, and you can, there's a spectrum, right? On taking that. So yeah. you could go all the way to, Hey, let's be really funny or just, we're just, we're B2B. We're going to be just less boring. Like, yeah. And I like to get a sense of that up front. So like, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make everyone sound like me. Like if you went to my site, you'd be like, oh boy, that's a lot. And I'm not <laughs> trying to do that to all my clients, right? I'm trying to give them something that feels genuine, that feels authentic. Um, and because I, I combat copy from a conversion standpoint, there's a lot of research that goes into the, the front end before I start writing anything. You know, we figure out what do customers need to know? What do they need to hear? How do they talk about their problems? How do they talk about the brand? What phrases do they use that we can work in uh, to show them that we understand where they're coming from? We speak their language. Uh, and then where within that can we use humor strategically to uh, diffuse objections, to relieve tension, to build the relationship, to delight? Like there's so many, there's so many strategic ways to use humor. You just have to think about like where does it make the most sense and what's my goal? Gotcha. So yeah. what are the, so when we talk, start talking about these transactional emails, um, what are they? Let's kind of list them out. Um, you know, obviously like check out that sort of thing, but like, what are the other ones? Yeah. So if someone buys, you probably have your order confirmation, right? Um, you probably have your shipping confirmation when it leaves the warehouse. Um, you might have a shipping update if something gets delayed. Uh, and one of the things that I have seen recently that I'd love to see more brands do uh, is send an email in between shipping and, and arrival that tells you kind of what to expect with the product. So especially if you have a product that like takes assembly or might take some getting used to, or like if it's a piece of apparel that stretches out or conforms to your body over time, uh, you can take that space to say like, hey, it's still on its way to you, but by the way, here's what you should know when you get it. And just taking the time to address any objections up front before they even open the package can help uh, customers understand and return fewer items. 
Yeah, I definitely. I Does that see, make sense? Yeah, I see very few people yeah. doing that though, which is one of those interesting things. I think it's just it's a lot of work, and I think people just kind of give up at that point, that sort of thing. They kind of do. I think the, they do too. Yeah, but so, I, you know, also the welcome series can play double duty there, right? So if they if they buy from you and they're they've just gone to your website for the first time, they signed up, you've probably also enrolled them into your welcome email series. So think about like the first email that they're going to get from you if they've already bought. Are you sending them the same like? Hey, welcome to our whatever brand family. You know, here's a ten percent off coupon. Or are you giving them something different because they've just bought? And what would you give them different at that point? Um, like, how would you try to? How would you actually make these emails useful and something they actually want to read? Because um, usually you get these and it's, hey, you just bought, and you're like, yeah, I, I know, I just bought. No, like, yeah. and you just close it and that's the end. Something, something that I think more brands could be doing and, and is safe across industries is to reaffirm that they've made a good choice and explain why. So that's really easy for brands that um, have like an ethical or fair trade focus or environmental focus because you can write to them and say like, hey, by buying our leggings, you've helped take, you know, 100 plastic bottles out of the ocean. Um, so giving more information about the, about the brand and making them feel proud to be aligned with it is always a safe follow up um, after the receipt, uh, after the transactional emails. Um, and from there, it's like, well, what do you want them to do next? Do you want to trigger a second purchase? What would you want them to buy? What related items can you suggest? Do you want them to refer to their friends? Do you want to send a code uh, to a program? It's, it's about like looking at your goals and saying, how can email support this? How would you, so I get if there's like some sort of, you know, good thing you're doing in the world so you can kind of make them feel better about the purchase. But how about if it's just something boring and transactional, you know, if they've just bought like a piece of office furniture or, you know, yeah. you, like how do you make them feel good about, hey, you made the right decision here on that sort of thing? For me, that's where humor comes in. And I think also if it's something like office furniture that requires assembly, maybe saying, hey, if you have trouble, you know, call customer support or email us. We're here for you. Um, that's always that's like another safe thing to do is, is say like, hey, while you're waiting for your stuff, just know that we're always here for you. Um, and if it's something boring. So one of the brands that I've worked with is um, they sell like lawn, uh, landscaping and lawn sprinkler gear wholesale. Uh, and that's not that exciting, right? So how, how can we make their emails delightful? What would we send uh, in the welcome series to somebody who um, signs up for a coupon and doesn't expect to get like a direct email from the founder being like, look, this is about to get weird. <laughs> you know, uh, your butt's gonna be so happy because you're, you've, chose, you've chosen this office chair. Um, your, your lawn is gonna take over your house. I don't know. I'm not good at improvising these things. <laughs> <laughs> like one day I'm good at it. The next day I'm really not. Um, but yeah, like what's funny, what's going to make them happy to open the email. So you're, so you're approaching all these with like a humor sort of thing of basically like we're trying to stand out and not just be the, you know, order confirmed email, like actually get them to read through the email sort of thing is kind of the goal here on building. Yeah, or like the goal is overall, that whenever a reader sees an email from the brand in their inbox, they're going to be like, Oh, I should read that. Even if they have 50 other emails, even if with other brands, they just like mark red or skip or even unsubscribe. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to just open that and see what's in there because it's irresistible. And because their past experiences with the brand have been like delightful and fun. Yeah. It's like you're giving them that kind of delight and that little bit of surprise, right? Where they don't yeah. actually like, because I, I know some of the emails, I get the same emails pretty much every week at this point from whatever brands. Yeah. And I'm not surprised anymore. So that whole like delight and surprise has just gone away. And I'm, yeah, same thing. You mark as red, move through. Um, but you're talking about giving them this little 
like something they don't expect each time. Exactly. And I think that's a really fun place for most e-commerce brands to start. Like look at your past, you know, broadcasts or newsletters or whatever you want to call your like wider campaigns with a a wider target audience. Um, Look at the last like 10 of them and see what you've been sending. And if every time it was a featured product or a sales offer, some kind of promo, try something radically different. You know, um, we, we mentioned the like simple tests to try with emails um, before we started chatting today. Uh, And one of those things is test a plain text email. You know, if you're always sending like super designy emails with sales offers, send an email just as Charles being like, Hey, we have this thing. Or, you know, we thought since you bought X, you might like Y and here are the reasons that you might like it. Uh, and see what happens, you know, try it, try something radically different. So you sending like transactional emails from Charles, like, is that like, is that something people just try or is that something you've seen successful? Like, because like a abandoned cars. Should that come from the brand? Should that come from the founder? Should like who should that come from? So I'm thinking more on the welcome side, like send send a plain text email or, or create that personal relationship. I honestly I want to see every email in my inbox come from a person. There are you know times when you want to send from the brand itself, but you're probably going to see lower engagement on those emails. In terms of um, abandoned cart and transactional emails, you can send from the brand, but you should let people know that there are people behind it if they need help. Okay. So you don't want to send them from no reply, Ash. You want to actually. No, okay. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so the saddest thing. That is one of those <laughs> things, you know, yeah, like it's the easiest thing to change. And the, cause then you inevitably people reply to that email, no matter what, no matter what it says, people will reply. And then if they just go into this black hole, it's like this, like, you know, really bad yeah. thing. Yeah. I actually like the idea. So if we're talking about like sender names, you know, you can have, you can have a shipping department. If you send your shipping confirmation from, from shipping at, um, and you could have a person, you know, um, brand name, uh, Victoria shipping or Victoria dash brand name shipping. Um, you can send from different sender names to, to keep people from getting used to seeing the name, the same names in their inbox. Uh, and you can even like create characters. So for my own invoices, uh, I send client invoices from the punchline copy follow-up robot, you know, cause I just like. I want them to imagine that there's a friendly robot somewhere out there. That's like, give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it easier for me also. <laughs> no, I, I like, I like that. Cause then if you see someone new come through the inbox, you almost have to open it. Right. Like if there's like these different yeah. people uh, versus I know yeah, there's like, who like, is this? Yeah. Who is that? Like, and you have to at least read the first couple of lines to say like, what's happening here. This seems like something new. I should at least acknowledge it. Uh, versus that standard email you get every day, you know, what, what's on sale. You kind of know what's in it. If you don't want to buy something right then, you just kind of fly past it. Yeah. You start to know what to expect just from the sender name. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. That's a very good one. Um, how about things? So abandoned cards is kind of a good one to touch upon because that's a different mode of operating in, right? Where you're not, they haven't actually built the relationship with you yet. You're kind of like, you know, they're kind of walking out of the store and you're like chasing them down. Um, yeah. And I feel like humor will be a good thing to use there as well. Um, how do you do that differently? It's- one of my favorite uh, things to write is abandoned card emails are some of my favorite projects um, because it's a tricky line to walk, right? You want to keep them focused on what they left behind. You want to have the image of what they left behind so they can remember. You want to make it very easy for them to click back through. Um, but you also need to re- reiterate why they might 
buy that thing. So if you can do, if you can write a product specific email, say if you only have like five SKUs and you can write a product specific email for each one, you're probably going to bump up your um, recovery rate for those abandoned carts. But if you're sending the same abandoned cart email for all products in your uh, catalog, then you have to write something that's convincing them and convincing enough to buy, but still applies to whatever is below. So whatever product you're showing them. And that tends to come from the emotion uh, side of things like, what are you going to do for them? What is this purchase going to do for them, no matter what it is? Or how is your team feeling now that this thing has been left behind? Uh, we've seen, I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen it so much because I'm, I'm in email marketing all day, right? Uh, but it's like, you know, you, you left your shopping cart and now your product is crying or we miss <laughs> you. Come back and finish checking out. And it's fun. It's different. I personally think it's starting to be a little bit overplayed, but also I'm not the end consumer. Um, so I'm trying to do a different spin on that, um, emotional, uh, reaction. So like not, we miss you, we're guilting you into coming back and buying, but like, Hey, we miss you. You know, Kyle is our intern and he was really excited to see that you put this in your cart and now he's crying under his desk and he feels like he's not going <laughs> to graduate to a real job here. We would like to go home for the weekend. Could you just like go ahead and finish checking out so we can get Kyle out? Um, just weird stuff, right? Like, it's, it's different brand to brand. The focus should still be on getting them back in the cart, getting them to complete the purchase, but finding new emotion-based ways to do it is kind of the name of the game. So that's really an example of an email you would send for that, the whole Kyle intern email. You would send something like that. That is an example of an email I wrote. For oh, the wow. Okay. Brand. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. It's like Kyle is weeping and the follow-up was like, Kyle is still here. <laughs> you know, Kyle is losing his shit. And that's nice because you can use that. <laughs> so even if you have, you know, 100,000 SKUs, that's on, you know, Kyle would apply. He's, he's always crying no matter what. So you could kind of use that same email for essentially any product at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not product specific. I mean, if you have tons of SKUs, like you can use the same one if you just want to do one per category, you know, so that you can say, Hey, we saw you had, um, a sprinkler head in your cart or like a length of hose, whatever your main category is. All right. I need to get <laughs> off the sprinkler train. <laughs> yeah. Usually I start thinking of examples. I go in with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's like most recent clients and there a lot of them have to do with like water management. Yes. That, that's a fun topic. <laughs> and very somehow so wet yet so dry. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> Yes. I'll be here all day. Yes, thank you. Um <laughs> like the comedian thing in the bio. I like that. Um Yeah. So would you so you would try to get the more specific the better in that case. So if you could do them per category, great. Um if you, if you had to just do one, that's kind of the, the low hanging fruit. If you could do one per category, better and one per product. Yeah. Best. Yeah. As long as you are showing them what they left behind, um, that's, that's going to be doing the brunt of the work. It's nice to reference the category or the specific product, um, because it feels less like a form email and more like, Hey, we actually saw that you had this and we're taking the time to, to reach out to you. Um, but as long as you're using that, you know, embedded, probably Clavio uh, product image and call to action button, you should be good. How often do people swap these out for a different email? Because um, I'm, I'm picturing someone coming back and a repeat buyer and that kind of mm -hmm. first delightful moment, it's like this like cool different thing. But if you see it again, you're like, oh, okay, everyone gets it. like, oh, Kyle's still crying. Like how yeah. often do you want to swap these out? Or do you have like a library of them and you're kind of just like moving through them? Like what's kind of the plan there? In a perfect world, 
uh, I would love to write a library of these for um, repeat buyers. And I would say, you know, maybe the first time they get Kyle abandoned cart and then maybe the second time they abandon their cart, it's like, hey, I'm the founder or I'm the CEO or I'm the shipping manager or whatever. I know you've bought from us before. So I was curious what stopped you this time. Uh, and that leads me to another point, which is that if you want to, you can add um, maybe around the third or even a fourth email to your abandoned cart sequence, trying to get some data, even if you don't get the sale, what stopped you from buying? How can you gather that qualitative data and start to use it to address objections so you get more sales up front? Okay. In that case, you're making it pretty much look like it's coming from the shipping manager or Kyle. Who yeah. Are, yeah. So they plain just reply text. back. Yeah. Like hit reply and tell me what kept you. Um, from doing it. And maybe you say, Hey, we saw you had some trouble or we saw, you know, you left this here, here's 10% off wherever you want to include your coupon. You probably, probably including a coupon in the second email. If you're doing three emails, yeah, like yeah. first one, you left this, go buy it. Second one, here's 10% off third one, last chance, whatever. Yep. And I like this. So on the last one, is that what you say? Last chance. But if you're not, can you just tell me why sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or even a, a fourth follow-up, like after a couple days, Depends on how granular you want to get. It depends on how many emails you want to send. Um, it's something to test. And if you see like a huge number of unsubscribes on email three or four, hey, maybe it's not working. Maybe we don't need that. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of people do that. It's actually that's one of those unique things I've never really. I don't see that very often, and I'm wondering why. Because that that would be helpful to know, right? If it's pricing every time, then you know your yeah. if it's your shipping cost. Um, I feel like yeah. something too you could turn on and off pretty easily. Just kind of gather some data when you're testing something. And it's data you can get from elsewhere in the sales funnel, right? You can get it from an exit pop-up in the checkout. Um, but it's something that we do a lot more in SaaS, especially uh, when someone fails to upgrade from a free trial to paid. You yep. know, we send a plain text email that's like, hey, what stopped you? Because it's really valuable to know so that we can take those objections and address them so that someone, the next person, goes ahead and converts. Yeah, that's a good one right there. I feel like that's something we do that here in for the SaaS product, um, but I don't see that very come to e-commerce very often. Any other things yeah. like that that kind of come from the SaaS world, but or vice versa, have come from another world, but haven't been brought to e-commerce yet? I think um, allowing people to self-segment in a way that feels fun and gamey uh, is is gaining a little bit of traction in e-commerce, but I'd like to see it gain some more ground because as you know, segmented emails perform so much better than mass blasts and we should never be blasting anyone. Um, outdoor voices. I've talked about them a couple times. Uh, I have not worked with them, but they have this great, uh, email in their welcome series that says like, Hey, good to know you. Why don't you tell us your birthday so we can send you something special. And you, and the email itself looks like a form that you fill in. And if you click through, there's actually a whole preference center where you can give them as much data about yourself as you want. And it's so frictionless that it doesn't feel like a problem to say, oh, this is my birthday, this is my favorite color, I usually shop for women, I'm a size medium, and they can use all of that data to send you incredibly relevant emails in the future. Oh, but it doesn't God. feel like they pushed me to do it, you know? It wasn't like, we are taking a survey, please use five minutes of your time to answer these 20 incredibly boring questions. Why, why do they actually tell them they want that data? Like, what is the hook to, is, are, they, are they offering something free or is it just like, what is the hook to even say like, like, why would they tell them their birthday at that point? Well, there's their uh, birthday hook in particular is we'll send you something nice on your birthday. You know, if you tell us, it's probably a coupon. I haven't gotten it yet. My birthday's on Sunday, so uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So you're still just waiting excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but for me, if I'm writing, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, but how about like category, like how, how do you get someone to give you all that other data of, I'm thinking like a, um, 
I was talking to a retailer here, they sell outdoors equipment. Yeah. How do you get someone to say, I'm yeah. a fisherman versus a hunter versus a camper or whatever? Um, like how would My you get someone to give you that? With, it's just honesty. It's, hey, we'd like to know more about you so that we can send you more relevant stuff that you'll actually enjoy. We never want to send you stuff for hunting if you never hunt and you only fish. You know, if you already have a tent and you're not going to buy another one, like maybe we figure that out. So we don't send you tents, but we send you camping stoves, you know, um, for me, it's, it's all about like, and it's so basic, but you know, the, the foundational tenets of copywriting, like, we're all people. Let's treat each other like people. Let's have real conversations and let's try to give value. So on that one, the, the value basically given them is. I'm just going to email you the things you only want. I'm basically going to send you less emails at that point that yeah. less emails, but the ones you get will be better. It's kind of the, and you see those. It. Yeah. You see those sometimes like help us send you more relevant emails, click through and tell us what you like. Uh, and I, I always fill those out. Yeah. I like the approaching it kind of fun and like a human, I feel like you're going to get a much higher rate versus like, Hey, you know, give, give us a survey of your experience. You know, like, eh, I don't have time for that. Right. And it's not clear. I get so many emails that I put in my quote unquote bad swipe file survey ask emails where it's like, hello, valued customer. We have put together a 30 minute sur like this survey will only take 30 minutes of your time. Like, nope, I'm giving you two minutes of my time tops. You need to give me three questions max and you better make sure those three questions are directly tied to ROI for oh, you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause then that kind of allows you, so that's feeding into your whatever email market email marketing platform you're using. And then that is kind of how you're um, segmenting and doing everything from that point, right? Or like you said, birthday emails. It can feed into your overall marketing strategy. Like if you know you have a problem with positioning yourself among uh, competing brands, maybe the questions that you start asking in your welcome sequence are, um, how do we stack up in your mind against uh, Patagonia or Columbia or if we're talking outdoor gear? Um, why would you choose us over them? Or what, you know, this is an oldie, but a goodie, but, uh, what was going on in your life that led you to us today? Cause then they're like, well, I was searching for camping pants. I don't know. Are those a thing? Camping pants, a thing. I don't camp very much. You have, you have to wear pants if you camp. So might be, a yeah, thing. it's probably good. Poison <laughs> <ivy>. <laughs> <laughs> would you be sent when you say the welcome email, what point in the whole buyer's journey, would you be sending something like that? Like, are they just a subscriber? Did they just check out or like, when do you actually send that email and try to get that info? So when I think of, of traditional or standard welcome email series, it's uh, someone who visits the site, does not buy, um, does not abandon a cart, but does sign up to hear from you for some reason, probably incentive based, like get your 20% coupon if you join our list. Uh, and from there, like, how do you want to structure that work backwards from your goal? Your goal is probably getting that first sale, right? Are you going to get that first sale immediately if you just blast them with popular products? Maybe. That works for a lot of brands, especially those that have carefully curated uh, inventory. But if you carry a lot of stuff and you serve all sorts, you know, all different genders, all different ages, you want to hone hone in on what actually home in, not hone in. Uh, you want to hone in on what actually uh, what they want to hear, so that you have a better chance. Um, so it, it, it's when I'm structuring a welcome series, I'm thinking about what's our major goal. It's a sale. What do we need to get to the sale? How do we get that in as few emails as possible before we offer them the, the sale or the promo? Here's a question. I feel like you're going to have a, a good answer to this and I want to be respectful of your time. So it might be the last question, but oh, no. what are, I know but in this, you might have a good answer. Um, I think you, what are the two to three things you kind of see that are really bad that people do that they should stop doing? Um, 
You know? Ooh. Yeah. In their e-commerce emails? In the e-commerce emails. Yeah. Like, what should people mm-hmm. definitely not be doing? <sighs> Let me think about which ones I want to choose. Because yeah, I'm assuming there's a lot of these. Um, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of uh, design and UX considerations. Um, for instance, sending only gigantic image emails, especially where your copy is superimposed over the image. Those are super inaccessible. A lot of email clients won't render them. And so if the entire content of your email was in the image, well, you just wasted a send, you know? Um, So that's, that's a major thing that we'd like people to stop doing. I speak on behalf of all email marketers who stop (laughs) sending giant image only emails. Um, And my friend Val, who's also an e-commerce email consultant, um, and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, often when you're sending an email, you're thinking, okay, it's mobile optimized, it's desktop optimized, but you're not looking at um, the alt text or the, the raw plain text version that you're sending along with it. So not sending a plain text email itself, but what comes along with it if the email doesn't render, if something in the email doesn't render, or if you have a viewer who has accessibility uh, considerations and they, they need a screen reader to read it out to them. Um, I see so many giant brands sending these uh, these emails and you look at the plain text and it's either just a jumble of code, which is like not helpful for anyone, uh, or it says simply, click here to see the email online. <laughs> it's like, well, I still can't see it, you know? So there's, there's design and ex- uh, accessibility issues to consider, um, segmentation. I, I tend to get a lot of larger brands sending me like, we don't know what you like, so here's a purse, uh, here's a jacket, Here's a hat. Uh, here's a dog. I don't know. <laughs> so we, um, for those to get the segmentation down right, how would you actually, is it all kind of at the beginning or let's say if you have someone on your list now, and I know I said the last question, but you made me kind of think of this. Could you, could you kind of go back to your list now and ask for more information or like, what's a good way of going back? I mean, like, Hey, we actually, we never really asked you at the beginning. We have thousands of people. How can you kind yeah. of hit them up now and go back and get that segmentation info? Ah, that's a great question. Um, so I tend to start closest to the revenue, right? So maybe I start with my segment of loyal customers or repeat customers. And I go back to them and I say, Hey, we really value you. We love having you around. You've bought from us three times. Um, and we'd like to attract more people like you. Can you tell us, uh, what you loved about us from the beginning? Can you tell us what we can do better? Um, And that might give you more uh, insight into how to segment from the top down, or it might just give you messaging insight into how to change your website or email copy. Um, But there's no use in segmenting if you're not going to use it to push a sale. So you might, you know, whatever, however you want your marketing strategy to work. If you want to push product categories, if you want to push by location, uh, if you want to, you know, push by age range, choose the segmentation approach that's going to actually connect to revenue. Got it. Okay. So yeah, don't sense. just, yeah, don't just segment for the sake of segmenting, right? Because sometimes right. male and female, like clothing, there might be only male and female products. So just know your buyer at that point and know who you're trying to target. Right. And to that end, maybe don't assume that just because someone's bought uh, women's clothing, that they're a woman and you should only send them women's clothing. It's a safe bet for like 85% of people. But what about someone who's buying a gift? You know, they might still want to shop for themselves. Excellent. All right. There's so much opportunity. I'm so excited I, about yeah, all of this. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you could just keep going down this rabbit trail. So this is definitely, um, yeah. If people want to find you, if they, if they want to do some of this and kind of want to reach out to you that way, where can they do so? Yeah. They can find me at punchlinecopy.com. 
snapcopy.co and punchline copy on Twitter. But be warned, Twitter is where I get weird. <laughs> I see you posting a lot on Twitter, so people should definitely I follow do you though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. It was great chatting with you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me.